hand outstretched. Welcome, Seamus. It's good to see you. How are you? Sure, and not too bad, Gosam. The Irishman's large hand smothered the Indian's, and the eyes, curiously blue in the weathered face, looked down on the small man with friendly amusement. I'd be better for a pint of the ice lager. Patel smiled, nodded. It was an old joke. Tea is coming. Make yourself comfortable. The big man took off his hat, placed it on a table with the malacca cane, unbuttoned his coat and lowered himself into an easy chair. There followed the customary inquiries about family. Patel's, for Cassidy had no wife, though he admitted to the possibility of offspring somewhere. Well, now, he at once explained to Patel, a young man that travels the world meets many a fine lass. The more the pity it would be then not to have refreshed the blood along the way. Patel was never quite sure what that meant, and had preferred not to ask. Miss Panji, olive-skinned, slow-eyed, brought in the tea. Patel poured it, passed a cup to Cassidy. Now tell me, how was the voyage? Cassidy finished wiping his forehead with a large silk handkerchief, put it away, tipped the ash from his cigar. Not bad at all. Cargo about average. Fair loads of copra, boriti and guano. And the passengers? Patel cocked his head on one side. So-so, and not too bad. I'd be thinking that most of the gentry enjoyed themselves. Cassidy sighed. But the usual complaints, mostly from the women, the old ones, of course. He affected an upper-class English accent. Menu too repetitive, smell of copra most unpleasant, ghastly cockroaches and beetles. He shook his head. Patel made little clicking noises, fiddled with an arm of his spectacles. Dear me, Seamus, what do they expect? That's what I tell them. Refer them to the brochure. A working vessel going about her trade, not a floating hotel. And who is it that ever heard of a cargo of copra without beetles? The menu complaints? How did you answer them? Indeed, and did I not tell them that Pierre was a French chef? Patel smiled. He's a Seychellois, Seamus. Well now, and isn't that French enough? The cockroaches? Patel blinked anxiously behind his spectacles. She's an old vessel, Gosam, bound to collect a few along the way. In any case, she's due for fumigation this time in. More expense. Patel thumbed the pages of a folder which lay on his desk. The last quarterly accounts show that Sungrove... They take in the last cruise, do they? Yes, and the interest on the loan for alterations and additions. The Irishman put down his cigar. And how will things be looking, then? Just about breaking even. No more than that. Patel shook his head. The reduction in speed has meant a useful saving on the fuel bill. That and the net passenger revenue after expenses, feeding them and so forth, seemed to have stopped the losses. But no more. They went on to discuss other things. Sunglow's next voyage to begin in five days. 
The cargo to be loaded, the voyage itinerary, the passenger reservations. All of the ten two-berth cabins would be occupied, reported Patel. Three of them with single occupants. Ladies, of course. They seem quite prepared to pay a supplement of 50% for the privilege. Cassidy leant back in the chair, drew on his cigar, blew a smoke ring and watched it climb to the ceiling. Sure and a miracle it is to me, the money the ladies have. Widows, Seamus. The men die making the money. The widows enjoy it. Would that be why your lot puts the widows on the funeral pyre? That is a most irreverent suggestion. Now tell me, how is it with the new mate, Mr. Scalati? Cassidy was silent, considering the question. At last he said...